Good morning, everybody. It is wonderful to see you all. We have had an amazing week. Today is going to be a little different because the, uh, the Father Heart School was an amazing impartation of the Father's love, but it also contained some impartation of COVID. And so significant ones of us are missing this morning. <laughs> so uh, not serious, they're, uh, but they're just staying away for, obviously, you know, care for the rest of you. So <laughs> and the building has an air purifier, so it's okay. You know, it's had overnight doing its thing. And so you're not in any danger being in here. Um, it's, uh, but there's folks not with us. So I think what we're going to do, one of the things that stood out to me, this is pr I think my fifth or sixth A school that we've just completed. And every time the understanding of the Father's love gets further out of here and further into here. Gets out of here and into here. Right? And that's what Father wants for every one of us. You know? I recognize that there's some of us in the room who had a, a desire to be at the school and weren't able to be. So I want to be careful to avoid any sense of, ha, ah, you missed it. Okay? But at the same time, there's others who were at the school uh, who've experienced the Father in a deeper way. And I want to make room to hear from them. We are going to worship together. And then I've got some thoughts to share out of the deeper revelation I feel I've received this week as well. And so it's going to be a, a slightly different morning, but uh, it's going to be a good one because each of us is going to experience the Father in a deeper way. So what I'd like to do to start with is to open up for any of the folks who were here during the school to share anything they'd like to. Uh, it, I will be included in that, but uh, I'm not going to go first with that because that'll lead us on into what we're going to do later. But uh, I know that different ones were with us through the week, and so if they want to, and it's funny, we close the school every week, every time with a session of testimonies, and our friend Graham led that time yesterday. And basically what he did was he stood about here and he just stared at everybody who might want to share until they gave in and came to share. So I'm going to do the same. And I'll just stare at ones who might want to share <laughs> and see if anybody responds. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to start with the Father Heart folks and then we're going to open it up from there to anybody else who wants to share. Caleb has had a wonderful time on the school and clearly wants to share. I can hold the microphone for him. Thanks. Um, so I've been to 1A school before and was helping out on this one as much as I could with Caleb around. Thank you. Um, for me, the most impactful session, I think, was the letter writing, where you write a letter to your parents, basically apologising for closing your heart to them as parents at some point in your life. And I remembered Holy Spirit took me very vividly back to the first time when I was angry because I thought, why should I apologize to my parents? They've hurt me. And I thought about it and thought that actually since doing the letters, the reconciliation that God has managed to work with my parents, instead of being angry and upset, this time I just cried because I missed them. So it was really, really intense, but good. So yeah. That's great, Laura. Thank you. I love how this stuff literally changes us. 
you know, you think it's about fixing what happened to me or what they did or what they didn't or any of that stuff, but actually it's our own hearts that shift and that's beautiful. So, yeah, thank you, Laura. The stamping thing works, it's good. <laughs> I was ignoring you. <laughs> yes. Well, the letter writing for me was a little bit different because I had written letters telling my dad that I forgave him instead of asking for forgiveness, right? And that was hurtful. That letter was hurtful. This, this one I was able to see that it was my heart, my heart and how I responded. And even though they're not with us, with me anymore, I, I was able to say, will you forgive me for causing you worry, for, for causing you stress? And then I just talked about some of the things that I appreciated about Dad and about Mom. But after that time, I was laying on the chairs back there where Roger is, and Father showed me that I had relinquished my childhood when I was five years old because I'm the eldest, and when my sister was born, I was the big sister now. And it wasn't something that somebody put on me. You know, it wasn't mom or dad saying, oh, you can't be a child anymore. In my spirit, I did that. And I said, I'm no longer a child. Now, did I go ahead and play with my neighbors and play with my brothers and sisters? Yes, I did, but my spirit, was not childlike. And somebody told me this week, you're very childlike. And I thought, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe childish sometimes, but childlike, I'm not positive on that one. But it brought freedom. It brought freedom. And for that, I'm very grateful. That's great, Carol. Thank you. Anna's coming without even being stared at. Well done, Anna. <laughs> Uh, hi everybody, my name's Anna, uh, no, well, you can ask me where I'm from, and I'm from three places, I was born in Hong Kong, I moved to New Zealand when I was 17, then I moved to Brisbane, then Perth, so I'm from all these places, um, so I came to, <laughs> I think these days we're all from different places, so um, I think the key thing I got out of the Father Heart School for me, it's a very different experience because indeed it's an experience. Because you experience, I experience not the teaching because I'm very, um, very nerdy. So I'd like to take notes and try to remember everything, and that which doesn't quite get down to the heart. And I think that's really what I have struggled with for a very, very long time. Um, but I got two hard things out of the school, um, which I can't explain. So firstly, I understand I am loved. And that's not just here. I know I've always known God loves me. I've always known I've got a father out there who, who loves me and who hears me. But um, during the school, and I don't know why, but it happened that I got it, uh, that God loves me. And it wasn't a very emotional experience, but I got it. I got, I got into that reality. Um, and then the second thing is I got, I am free. Um, and, and that's also here. Um, 
it hasn't quite made it up there. <laughs> so I can't explain to you freedom. How do you define it? You know, you start to ask those questions, and it's really not that kind of thing. It is I am free, and I know as I walk out, I would get to know what that really means when we walk free as the glorious in the glorious freedom of sons of God, which I read about and I long to know. But in that freedom, I know it is in here now, which I will walk out. So um, I think it's an experience, and that truth will manifest because something's happened here where everything comes out of. And that's all I can say. I'm in a lot of good things in the school, which um, I won't go into. Uh, but also I want to say this is a God opportunity for me because I'm actually uh, quite burnt out from work. That's how I um, started having a holiday from work last November from uh, various things. But um, And then God uh, brought me to New Zealand to see my family and that's where I met Denise Jordan who is part of the Father Heart Ministry. So I had a coffee with her and during the, those two hours, the life of this lady and how she knows the Father really impacted on me. No, she, she's really normal. It's not like she's not, <laughs> she's really like a normal person who is lovely and who is very wise. And she spoke two things into my life. She said, oh, well, you know, you've hit a wall and we, we all hit a wall. And but this is also the time where you learn how to let go. And, and yeah, one thing is I said, oh, God is so hard to find. You know, I keep praying down his presence or whatever, you know, all those things that you can, you try to do. She said, no, but you make it too hard. It's, it's very, very simple. And I now get why, what she means. It's an experience in here. So during the Father Heart School, so I thank Mark and everyone who was there. I feel loved by them, and I feel loved uh, by the Father. And I got back my heart of a daughter to my parents. So it's just echoed what Carol has said, is that at some stage during my life, I know exactly the moment when my heart closed. Um, when, yeah, as the Chinese... Um, well, yeah, I'm probably the only Chinese in this room. So, um, you know, <laughs> I was brought up in a very strict academic environment where you get sort of penalized for underachieving um, or not demonstrating the will to succeed. So I remember the exact moment when, when I got physically um, punished by my father, uh, the only time in my life. But at that moment, I know I've got to perform to gain that affection. So at that moment, I learned very quickly, okay, it's about performance. But that being loved for who I was or who I am, that part completely closed. And I remember that snap. And then I changed from a performer, from a daughter to a performer. But I didn't quite know that's going to impact my walk with my father. And during the letter writing, I, um, I got not just the daughtership, the sonship, but daughtership um, with my heavenly father. I also got my daughtership with back with my parents. I think that's where the landing pad for Father's love would continue to, uh, I guess, you know, to stay and, and, and be there for my life. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. That's beautiful. Really beautiful. Do you catch the theme here? <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not knowledge. It's not performance. It's experience. And that's what I want us to unpack a bit more later on. But too many of us live in fear of getting it wrong or of missing it or of somehow not being able to get all that God wants. But perfect love is who our Father is. 
and perfect love drives out fear. <laughs> and that's, the, you talked about the landing pad. You know, Every one of us has got a landing pad inside, but so often it's covered in fear <laughs> or striving or performance or all of those things when actually Father simply wants to come and land there. It's beautiful. So let's open it up more widely. Who else would like to share an experience of God's love in the in the most? Uh, we're not talking about you know way back in the fifties or whatever you know, <laughs> or your grandmother or. Any, but for you personally, let's keep it in the in the realm of my recent experience. But anybody else want to share an experience of God's love recently? This is where I start to stare at everybody. <laughs> Come on, Nancy. <laughs> um, I think just recently I've been feeling more and more, and I think I've talked about God's provision for me before here, and just that how much he's reassured me over the years that he is my provider, and he's the one that provides financially for me. And But just recently I've just felt it even stronger and that urge to be generous and just, you know, he's challenged me to give some gifts and things. And I feel like he's just said to me, you know, you really can't outgive me. You can't give so much that I can't provide for what you need. And so I feel just a challenge to be obedient and to really do what he's called me to do financially um, and not to worry about money, you know, and I, I, I can't say that's where everybody else should be because that's a real personal decision, but just personally just feeling that urge that, um, and just his, you know, his love and his provision, a lot of times, for women at least, that goes hand in hand because we want to feel secure. And so, um, you know, I really felt that. And then the other thing... I just felt this recently is that, you know, in mine and mama's relationship, you know, two adult women living together don't always, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit of a power struggle about who makes decisions and what you do and that kind of stuff. And I've just really felt the Lord giving me grace to just to submit and to be my mom's daughter again and she hasn't even heard this but just and I just apologize for being rebellious in my heart and just knowing that you know the Lord blesses both of us in just being willing to submit to somebody else as an adult and Sometimes that's hard to do. You know, you, you know, you want to submit to God, but you don't want to submit to other people. <laughs> and, um, you know, so just knowing that, you know, to just love her in that way. So. Beautiful. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Coming up. Sorry, I've been out for a little while. Um, I know. Um, so I, I just had an event or on the extravagance of God's love, but I was reminded of a dream that I had. 
And in the dream, I was walking down this hall, and it's just a long hall, and there were doors on every side. And I didn't realize till I got almost to the end of the hall that above every door was a word. And I turned and I looked, and above this door was the word love. And I went, ooh, let me walk into this room. And when I walked into the room, that's what it was. The whole room was just God's love. And I remember I walked in, and I sat down. There was really nothing to sit on. I just sat down, and the room went blank. And then all of a sudden, it was just so overwhelming. I was just, it was just God's love, and it was encompassing me, filling me. And I was sitting there, and it became so overwhelming. Like, I had my eyes closed because I wanted, I wanted everything that God had for me. And then I opened my eyes, and Jamie was in the room, and I went to grab her hand because I was so overwhelmed by the presence of God's love. And when I did, I came out of it. And I don't know what all this means, but I, but I do feel like what God is saying, that he's wanting to take me back to that place. But he's calling all of us into this deeper place to sit in his presence and to just saturate ourselves and just be there. He wants to pour his love on us and into us. And, and at times it is overwhelming because we've not experienced anything like that before. And it causes us to want to maybe get up and, and maybe back away from it because it's so much of it. But I feel like he's saying, don't do that. Just stay here and sit in my presence and let me pour into you and pour over you and saturate you with it. Just keep your eyes closed and just focus on me. I want to change you from the inside out, and I want to just pour over you. It's just all about love in this season, and he wants to do that in all of our lives. So, Amen. Crystal's event was a women's event, but I also was involved. I was involved in the cleanup afterwards. And, you know, I thought about something, Crystal. Actually, you might want to think about this for next time. But I was thinking that maybe we should give gifts. There were many tables, maybe 15 tables or something. 19. It was a huge group. But I was thinking that maybe we should actually give gifts to those who kept their table areas the neatest. You know, I, I, being involved in the cleanup, I just kind of thought about that. Um, Anyway, it's just a thought, right? You can like the most neatest, the next to the most neatest, this kind of thing. I don't know if you do the worst. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, going back to kind of what everybody else has said, you know, I believe that obviously, you know, the love of God never stops, but God loves us for a reason, for a purpose. And there is a, a performance uh, in, uh, aspect to this. I know we don't like to, you know, mention that, but... Uh, the performance aspect of it is he doesn't love us to stop that it stops at that point. He loves us so that we might love others with the love whereby we've been loved with, you know. And, uh, you know, to me, a lot of it relates to the scripture. I, I love this scripture, but John 7, 37, 39, you know, that if we drink, you know, then he's going to pour out of our innermost being those rivers of living water. So as I drink, as I abide in that love, then that love just wells up on the inside of me and I can love others with that love whereby I've been loved. Yes. And I think that's the whole blessing aspect of it. So That's a very important point, Robert. And I think we see that in our lives when we have experienced receiving God's love 
it becomes so much easier to give God's love. Yeah? I mean, um, it, I'm going to pick on these two because this is our beautiful visual aid here. You know, we've known Roger and Laura now for a year and a half, maybe two, you know, somewhere there. But do you see how much love these two give, not just to Caleb, but to the rest of us as well? Because they've received love from the Father. And you demonstrate it. That's what I was saying to you on whatever night that was, Wednesday night, you know. There's just this, this beautiful experience. And that, for me, was what happened this week. Just as I looked around the room at all these people, some of them our own people, some of them visitors that we'd never met before, but receiving God's love for themselves, I just kept turning into a blubbering mess because that's exactly what God wants us to see just as the outflow of our lives. So it's not performance to gain something, it's performance to give something. It's the overflow of God's love in us and it's beautiful. Anybody else want to share something of God's love from recent weeks or days before we go into actually receiving more of it for ourselves? Annette, we, we treasure not just the depth of your knowledge of the Father's love, but the extent of it, because you've been walking in this longer than most of us. Please. Years ago, I don't even remember exactly how many. But there was a period of time that I traveled with Jack Frost as part of the ministry team. And all we did was pray for people at the end of the service and try to extend Father's love to them, sometimes hugging, praying, giving them a word or whatever. And then there was one occasion when uh, I was on a trip to Florida, and it was in the St. Peter Petersburg area. And we had, uh, it was going well. Jack's messages always went well. And... Uh, we had an afternoon session, and there weren't very many people there. But the church we were in had um, a balcony, and I decided to just go up in the balcony while he was teaching and just rest. And that afternoon, he told a story of Jesus going to John to be baptized. And he said the words from the scripture, 
that the Father said to Jesus that he was his son. And instead of Jack's voice, I heard the Father's voice. And he was speaking to me. And I absolutely, totally lost it. I started sobbing. And I realized that even though I had been on the ministry team and I had been going all these places and everything, that I didn't have that revelation fully until that moment. Needless to say, I stayed in the balcony and cried and cried. And to this day, I start to cry whenever I even talk about that. It was so, so impactful. And I've never lost that. All I have to do is think about my Heavenly Father to start weeping again. And I'll let I want to say one other thing as an addendum to what Nancy said. If she resented me at any point in time, I've never felt it. I did not know that. <laughs> okay, she's good at hiding it if she <laughs> resents me. <laughs> Thank you, Annette. I remember that well. Praise Cathedral, Pinellas Park. <laughs> I was the team leader. <laughs> I can't remember who I asked, but at one point I said, does anybody know where Annette is? And somebody said, yeah, she's up in the balcony crying. And she came back down different. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, you were busy with other things. It's far more important to remember where the father was than where Mark was. You never exhaust going deeper in this. It's very tempting to think that the Father loves you is a book on your bookshelf. And you kind of pull it out, you know. But it's not. This is the bookshelf that everything else rests on. It's the foundation of our whole relationship with God. That you are a child and he is your father, a perfect, loving, generous, kind, caring father. That's the foundation of everything. In fact, we even, as a result of moving furniture around, we even have a demonstration bookshelf in the hallway. If anybody wants one that's there, you can take it. But until it's taken, just take a look and remember, the father's love is the bookshelf that everything else rests on. And that's why we're here is because Father loves not just us in this room, but every human being. And you never stop going deeper in that unless you choose to stop going deeper in that. And I'm going to recommend now that we stop choosing to not go deeper. <laughs> 
if that's not too many negatives all wrapped up into one sentence. I'd like us to close our eyes for a moment. We've got more we're going to do, but this is a good moment for us to just close our eyes. And just with your eyes closed and in the stillness, let's ask Father, what have I been holding on to that's been hindering me from holding my hands open to you? Is there anything in my life that has become more central to me than your love? Is there anything in my life that's taken my focus away from how much you love me? Because whatever he shows you in that realm, you can simply let it go to him. And that's what we're going to do just for a few moments in the quietness. And that doesn't mean you need to be quiet, Caleb. You can make any noise you like. Because we all want to be like you when we stop growing up. But in the quietness, as Father says, why don't you give me that? It may be your relationship with your parents, whether they're living or dead. It may be your relationship with children. It may be your interactions with others around you, whether at home or at work. Or it may be the way that you've learned to perform for acceptance. Or to put on a good face, or to always think lower of yourself. It could be all manner of things, but whatever it is that's hindering you from receiving Father's love in this moment, just set it down in front of him. Because he's going to pick it up and take it away. <laughs> he's going to pick it up and transform it. He's going to enfold you in his love. And we're going to take a few moments just to be quiet. I'm going to play some very quiet music. And give you opportunity to receive more of his love in these moments. So just open your heart to receive as we listen to this for a little while.
continue to receive God's love in different ways through the morning. We'll have some more of that playing at the end. What I want you to see is that Father's always ready and willing to pour more love into you. <laughs> always. what I've loved about the school this week is to see different ones just choosing to receive. In fact, for all of you here, <laughs> Jane's not here to defend herself, but she would let me tell you this anyway if she was here. She spent most of the week just laying on the floor, on a blanket, just receiving. And some of that time she's been asleep. Sleep doesn't come easy to Jane. She's always got something that she feels Father wants her to do. <laughs> but she's been taking that time simply to receive. And it's beautiful. And it's powerful. And it's completely foreign to most of us who've been walking with God for any length of time because we've been taught something different that we sometimes we need to unlearn. <laughs> Like Annette was sharing, you know, the when you're on a ministry team, you're supposed to be there ministering to other people. Not up on the balcony, sobbing your eyes out because you're getting a fresh revelation of how much he loves you. But you did exactly the right thing in that place because we've all benefited from what God's done since then. So I want you to think with me for a moment and help me with this. What is God like? What is the essence of God? What is God's heart? What are we going to discover as we get closer to this God that we want to be in relationship with? What is he like? Constantly adoring. That's beautiful. Yeah. So we move from complexity to simplicity. I like that. Yeah. Which is exactly what Roger just said. If he's constantly adoring, that's very simple, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What else?
Right. Yes, that's a huge point, Annette. Uh, go ahead. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. So what we're hearing here is that whenever we read this, we need to read it through the lens of he is love, right? That's the, the, the bottom line. That's what Roger was saying about he's constantly adoring. He is. So when we see him smiting and rejecting and, and whatever, we have to see it through that lens. It doesn't change his nature it's actually an expression of his nature. And this is where we've often missed it, is when we don't see how loving God is in some of the things that to our understanding seem negative. But if you had a child who was gathering other children to run onto the freeway, you would do something about it. <laughs> right? Because you love them. And love will always do what it takes to resist sin and eventually to destroy evil. So God is love. But love is not just pink hearts and Valentine's Day and 12 roses or a box of chocolates. Love is much more powerful than that. Because love is relational. We do this on the school, so those of you who are on the school this week will know this, but let's do it again. I need three volunteers. I will pick three volunteers. Okay. Sure. I did the A school in March of 2021, and it rocked my world. I was undone. I was wrecked. And um, when I did the letter to my parents, I actually had a very unusual experience. Like, I felt like the Lord was reminding me all the good things they did for me and all, and all the kindness. And he just flipped a script on me. And my whole life, it's been a, like a performance thing for me. Like, you know. And God began working on my heart and showing me I'm enough. And it's been a two, you know, it's been two years in working on this. But every time I try to act like an orphan, he pulls me back and reminds me I'm a daughter. And every time I get in my head and I'm trying to analyze things and work things out on my own, he goes, wait a minute, whose are you? You're mine. I owned a whole
whole world and everything in it. Why are you toiling over what's in your bank account or, you know, what you've just spent or whatever? So um, it just, it's like keeps on dropping in and he keeps on reminding. And that landing strip that the enemy used to have, it's not there anymore. It's just a path to the Father's heart. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. I'm going to pull a chair up here. I'll have you face the screen first, please. Okay. Um, Ira, can you help me, please? There we go. Carol, do you mind helping me? Thank you. This is God, the Father. This is Jesus. He's nice. He protects us from the Father. And this is the Holy Spirit. And depending on your upbringing and experience, this is either the one that hides inside the Bible or the one that causes all the fun. Either way, you're thankful for the Holy Spirit. Okay, but in the traditional way of looking at it, you and I can only re relate to these three by studying this and learning all we can about what this one's like and what this one does and how this one operates. And it's kind of like this heavenly committee and we can read the minutes. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking scripture, please, no. <laughs> this is a vital, vital library of revelation. But God doesn't want you just to have a book, he wants you to have a relationship through the book. Because truth be told, this is not how the Godhead operate. They're not all sitting there in chairs side by side with their arms folded, waiting for us to try and sort of figure out, do I, do I want to stay here with Jesus? You know, I might get to know Jesus and maybe work my way in a bit and I can actually relate to Jesus and he's wonderful and thank you for all you've done and you're wonderful. Hallelujah. Or, or Holy Spirit, you're so much fun. This is so good. Yeah. There was a bit of typecasting in the voluntolding that we did just then, but <laughs> Holy Spirit, thank you. You know, let's let's roll around a bit more. Let's laugh. Let's jump. You know, yeah. <laughs> and we might even go to a Father Heart school and say, Father, thank you so much that I can learn all these things about you. But this is not a true picture of the Godhead. Because if you read John 1, if you read Genesis 1, the beginnings accounts, the, the before the beginnings accounts, 
They're not sitting in chairs in a row like this. <laughs> Can you stand up for me, please? I'm going to take the chairs away because you can stand in a circle. God is love. So if you come and stand over here, Ira. Oh, yeah, you can stand there either way. Yes, do it that way around because then people can see you. No, you can turn around now. You can turn around now. Okay, so these three, for all eternity, have been saying to each other, I love you. You can do that. Father, you can say that, yeah, to each other. Do you see the relationship within the Godhead? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Three persons, one God. <laughs> because hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, says to themselves, let us make humanity in our image. Genesis 1. You've stopped loving. Go on, keep going. <laughs> it's eternal. It never stops. Now, okay, for illustration purposes, we will let it stop, but it never stops. Okay? But when God made humanity in their image, how did they do that? Yeah, all three were involved, and they made a man. One human. I'm going to voluntold somebody else. You know it's going to be you, don't you? <laughs> Could you come and lay on the floor for me, Corey? A bit further towards the middle so the others can see you. We might as well capture it on video as best we can. <laughs> okay? Don't take this personally, but here's a pile of dirt. That's what it says in Genesis 1, right? God took a pile of dirt. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you feel like a pile of dirt. Because you were once. But that's not the whole truth of who you are. Because these three that keep saying to each other, I love you, I love you, I love you, they had this great idea. Let us make a pile of dirt in our image. And breathe life into it. Yeah? And so, Father, can you just get down and pretend to breathe life into that pile of dirt? Thank you. We'll help you back up again in just a second. <laughs> so when the pile of dirt comes to life, <laughs> when, when Corey opens his eyes, when Adam opens his eyes, what does he see? Father's face. Almighty God breathing life into him. Thank you, Father. I'm going to help you up. <laughs> well done. <laughs> So he comes to life. You can stand up. And now he has this relationship with the Godhead. So you stand in the middle. You three come and round. And you can circle round and just say, every time you make eye contact with, yes. You keep quiet and receive it. Didn't tell you to do anything yet. 
See, you're created not to do, but to be. You're created not to do, but to be loved. You see the Godhead circling around us saying, I love you constantly. <laughs> Is this making sense? Now, can you pause for a moment, please, Godhead? I know that you don't normally pause, but the problem is that there's a sneaky deceiver comes along and says, oh, you don't need that. If you come over here and do it my way, you'll be like that. You'll know good and evil. And you know what? They fell for it. And there's a separation that takes place between the Godhead and the Son of God. Do you know that Adam was the Son of God? Luke 3, if you need a Bible reference, look it up. The genealogy of Jesus, also the Son of God, <laughs> ends with the Son of Adam, the Son of God. So there's this separation between perfect love and humanity. But the solution to it is that God becomes a man. And he comes over here and lives the life that humanity couldn't live and dies in our place so that with him we get pulled back into the circle. And then as they circle around, still saying, I love you, it becomes our experience that we've received that love and we can love back. Because you can't love others until you've received love yourself. So Corey, knowing where you've come from, you can say back to them, I love you, as they say it to you. And it's very powerful to experience that two-way exchange. You notice I said to experience. See, sometimes we're a little wary of experience. Oh, it's just emotion. No, it's not. Experience is reality. Thank you. You can sit down. <laughs> I think we've made the point. Well done, everybody. Experience is the foundation of relationship. Performance is the enemy of relationship. And experience is the foundation of relationship. And so we can't succeed in our relationships with one another until we allow the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to give us an experience of the love they have for us. But the more we allow that to happen and we respond with, I love you too, creating that landing place that several people have talked about, allowing that landing place to be used for what it was put there for, not an overgrown airstrip that nothing ever lands on, but no, a fully used helipad that the love of the Father constantly lands on. 
that makes all the difference. You know, in, in John 3, let me read it to you. Should have put a bookmark in it, I apologise. John 3. <laughs> it's a good job this is not about performance, isn't it? Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus has been raised in all the right ways to do things, but he doesn't get what God's doing yet. And Jesus says to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, yet you do not understand these things? John 3 verse 11, Truly, truly, I say to you, I speak of what I know and bear witness to what I've seen. But you don't receive my testimony. If I've told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. The one that went to rescue humanity. The one that came to bring us back into the circle. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Our Father loves humanity so much that he gave himself, Jesus, the express image of the Father, to gather us and to bring us back into the circle of eternal love. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. To be gathered and loved and to gather and to love. It's huge. It's impossible outside of God. But it is totally possible in the Father's love. Which is why it's so vital that we remember that the Father's love is the whole bookshelf. It's not just a topic. It's the whole foundation of our life with God. That you are a child of a perfect heavenly Father. And through your heart of sonship, daughtership, childship, whatever ship you want to call it, you rescue others simply by being who God made you to be.
We don't do it by condemnation, pointing out that you got this wrong and you shouldn't do that. And you need to shape up, nor any of that. It's through saying, I want you to meet the one who loves me. I want you to know the love that I've begun to know. And very often, it's simply a question of embracing the Father and being embraced by Him. That's why I'm so thankful for all the testimonies this morning, because each of you has a testimony of the way that the Father has loved you. And each of you has a testimony that will continue to grow of how the Father loves you. <laughs> Renzo, you're wonderful. You are so loved, not just by your daddy, but by your mummy too. Amelia, you too. Just the way you show how loved you are. Each of you. I'm not going to call out all of you. I know Caleb's gone off with the teenagers, but to teach them how to be like children again. We all need to be like these little ones. <laughs> That's God's desire and God's heart for every one of us. The more you read the scripture, the more he opens the, 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 the revelation to you that you're loved, the more you'll become who you are made to be. It's as simple as that. I don't know about you, but my heart goes, but, 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 but. <laughs> Until you experience that he loves you despite all the buts. <laughs> and that's his heart for us. Father, what do you want to do next? So, um, as many of you guys know, I took a break from coming here and uh, stepped away from church completely, more or less, and it's been anywhere from four to six months, um, and now I'm back here because the story to sum it up would be the prodigal son. Um, I just stepped away completely from my faith, from everything that I was struggling with, and I just, I gave right back into the world. But last week, um, a lot of stuff happened from just uh, messages to signs, to um, videos that I was listening to that opened my eyes and my heart again back to God that I was living um, a very indulgent life in sin, uh, almost using the free grace as an excuse to do whatever I want. And and I can acknowledge acknowledge the fact that I did that, but it's... It's overwhelming that I can come back to the Father 
and still have the same love that when I was first saved. <laughs> Knowing that that I'm still secure in Christ, even though I may not act like it. Because I'm a 20-year-old stubborn child <laughs> who just wants to live their life. <laughs> but it's just been so difficult. And being able to walk back in here and be treated like family. It's just something I needed so much. <laughs> and it's going to allow me to heal. And, just, and step away from the things that have just been distracting me a lot. So I just want to say that and say thank you to you guys for embracing me. No matter what I do or where I've gone. That you guys love me and that's how I know that the Father's showing the love through you guys to me. That he's just been waiting for me to come back. Every one of us needs to come back. Every one of us can come back. Every one of us does come back. And every one of us, from that experience, not just of being embraced by brothers and sisters, but being embraced by the Father gains a fresh impartation to share with others. This is what you were made for, to know that you're loved and to give that love away. See, there are hundreds, thousands of people, even in our area, who've been struggling just the same way Corey's been struggling. And all Father wants is for us to come home. It's not about performance. Don't try and clean yourself up. Don't try and get it right. It's all about relationship. Relationship with the Father. Relationship with his children. And to hear that voice, not just with your mind, but with your heart. As the Father says, welcome home. He'll go on saying it as often as we need it. That's what the Father wants us to experience. His embrace. And his voice saying, welcome home. So welcome home. And Corey, I just felt... A real urge to get up here and just say we celebrate you 
we celebrate it. Just like when the prodigal father, he threw a party when his son came home. I feel like we just need to cheer and clap. <laughs> we celebrate you, Corey. Here's a demonstration for all of us, because at least a part of why Corey came back is because Ira pursued him. Because you get this, and you know you've got a lot to grow in it, but you get this, right? So well done, son. And you, well done, son. Father says it to both of you, because you're modeling what this looks like. For all of us. For all of us. Corey, let me just say to you, son, there is no shame hanging over you. It's been washed away. So hold your head up because you did come home. So nobody here is throwing arrows or accusations at you. We've been there. I've been there personally and had to come home. So I'd like you to turn to someone near you and just say, do you need an invitation to come home? And I trust you're all saying yes. <laughs> Either I need an invitation or I'm glad I am. So I'd like you to bless one another. We're going to wrap up with this and we're going to take communion together in a moment. Would you find someone close by you and just bless them to experience that homecoming again. Bless them to experience that homecoming again. Because we all need to keep doing it. <laughs> and so I bless each of you to experience homecoming again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Each of you has authority as a child of God to pray blessing on the person next to you. <laughs> Each of you has authority as a child of God, to receive the Father's love in a deeper way through the person next to you. We'll do that in a minute, Robert. Robert, Robert, we'll do that in a moment. Thank you. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... It's okay. We'll do it in a moment. We'll do it in a moment.
thank you, Father. Father, thank you for how precious each person in this room is to you. And thank you that you're increasing our revelation and experience of your love, that we could share it with one another and with those around us. We're going to come and receive communion. And I'm going to leave it entirely up to you how you do that. Uh, you may want to get with the person you've been praying with. You may want to receive by yourself. You may want to ask someone to pray for you. But the heart of it as you come is that your heart hear the voice of God speaking to your heart saying there's nothing, nothing that you can do to change how much I love you. Father God says to your heart, right now as you come to receive these elements, there is nothing you can do to change how much I love you. So come forward and receive with one another, in quietness yourself, whatever works for you. I've put the baskets on the table for those who wanted to give as well. We're not going to make a big thing of that today, but the baskets are there for those who've got tithes and offerings to bring. But come forward and receive and hear the Father say, there's nothing that can change how much I love you. Nothing you can do will change that.
I see the bar thing going on over here on my right. This is good. Break as many stereotypes as you can while receiving the Father's love. I'm going to close reading one more, ver no, two verses, I beg your pardon. Two verses from John chapter 12. This is Jesus again. It's the red letters in John's Gospel. Jesus says this, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. This morning has been a little different. We've kind of made it up as we go along. But I hope you've noticed how much the Father's been speaking through you to one another. And so my commission to you as we close and my blessing over you as we close is that everywhere you go, you speak as the Father tells you. And you know that you are a carrier of eternal life. You have it, and it's yours to give away. So go bless someone with eternal life. Speak what the Father tells you to speak. And most importantly, overflow with being loved. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful week. Oh, and men... Make sure you register for the men's weekend in Hendersonville at the end of uh, March. No, what's the date of it? April. Yes, April feels like a ways away, but actually for us to have a successful weekend, we need you to register now because Echo Mountain Inn will release rooms. Oh, it's beautiful in April, but make sure you register. And if you've lost the email I sent you, I'll send it to you again. Just let me know. Uh, it's a Friday through Sunday, and uh, we'll be in Hendersonville, North Carolina, with all the other men from the other Catch the Fire churches in the region. So register for that as soon as you can, so we get the whole place to ourselves. Thank you.